Blue ocean shift really means moving from a market that is flooded with saturation and competition, a red ocean, to a wide open market full of opportunity, a blue ocean. Now, this is fundamentally what has shifted so many different industries. You know, the other day I, I remember um, looking at a piece on the New York City cabs. You know, they it used to be kind of the American dream for foreigners to go to New York City get their cab license because that's basically like the end game goal for cab drivers. You know, you start off working for like yellow cab or whatever company, and then you transition into buying your own cab. And it costs around a hundred thousand dollars, the whole process. And a lot of them go in debt to do that. And the ones doing this in like 2010, 2012, now in 2020 with Uber, it's just destroyed. It's decimated. It's worth basically nothing. The whole industry has been shifted. And this is because Uber found a blue ocean. They basically reinvented the way of, um, you know, they, they basically focused on market creation theory, which is what this book, Blue Ocean Strategy, teaches. And this book is so fascinating because it can always be applied to any industry. Industries are constantly being evolved, constantly being, um, you know, rethought about, restructured, and Blue Ocean Theory and Blue Ocean Shift really focuses on, you know, what are the commonly held beliefs, you know, the kind of the inner subjective realities of a given industry. For example, the educational industry. You know, the education industry thought for a long time that, you know, in-person classes is the only way to do things. And now they're forced to learn online. And people that have been, you know, focusing on online education, self-education. I mean, I would say I'm probably in that group. I've invested in online education since I was like 14 years old in a fitness program, actually, when I was really young. And, you know, I got amazing um, reward out of it. But some people have this jaded view of this because it's something that's so new. And that's, you know, any new technology or really any new concept will have tons of haters. People basically saying that, no, this is the way we've always done things. That's ridiculous. Um, you know that that's never going to happen. But then you know inevitably uh, change happens. And later on, probably in August, we'll be talking more about the financial industry and how a big shift is coming there. You know, with cryptocurrencies, um, the way we've been doing things is going to change dramatically. And you'll really start seeing that in 2021. You know, 2021 will be really the start of the age of um, digital currencies, countries will start doing this. They already are, companies are already doing this. And uh, you know, the crypto industry is a fascinating, fascinating space. Although it is flooded with a lot of uh, strange people, it is uh, definitely the money of the people. And uh, yeah, so let's dive right into Blue Ocean. So there's three market creation strategies that they kind of talk about, and that's destructive innovation, non-destructive creation in angle innovation. And, and I kind of named angle innovation that way. They have another name for it, but I think angle innovation is much more, makes much more sense because it, the way that they have it uh, described, I mean, their name for it isn't really applicable. So destructive innovation occurs when new innovation overcomes earlier technology. So Inter-destructing on industry. Non-destructive creation is basically a new market is created without any change to existing ones. So 
that is essentially what I, um, you know, a couple companies have done this fairly well where it's just a completely new industry. For example, um, some technologies like, for example, Apple watches, like smart watches, it, they didn't displace old school like Rolex watches. They basically created a new industry. Same for, um, uh, let's just say, VR technology. A new industry was created, non-destructive creation. Now, angle innovation. This is redefining an existing problem, not displacing an energy, not destructive innovation, but just turning it on its head. So looking at it from a different angle that nobody else has been looking at it from. And a good way to do this is any industry that's kind of corporate structured, you know, a lot of people in suits doing things one way and, you know, doing things over and over again and expecting different results. Well, we all know it's a definition of insanity. So using angle innovation, basically you can create a project that replaces existing ones, identify and solve a brand new problem or redefine your approach to an existing one. Now, they lay out something that's very, very interesting. And this is the pioneer mitigator settler map. And this is, it's, it's a little easier if I could draw this out for you, but first let's just go over the kind of framework behind um, blue ocean strategy. Some commonly held beliefs, especially in industries like I was talking about that are largely corporate and, uh, you know, they've been around for such a long time and it's people in their, you know, 50s um, and 60s and even 70s um, dominating these spaces and younger generations uh, are coming in and they're ready to disrupt things that are going on. So let's dive right into it. So framework. Think of industry conditions as malleable, meaning. The commonly held beliefs of like, this is the way we've always done things, um, don't, don't question it. It's, it's a terrible way of utilizing authority bias. You know, if you listen to our um, previous episode on verbal judo, the general art of persuasion, one of the things that he teaches, um, Mr. Thompson, who's an ex-cop and he actually trains cops in verbal judo, is you never want to say the rules are the rules or just um, because that when like kids or somebody asks, you know, why are you enforcing this thing? You never want to say, because this is just the way it is. That's a horrible, horrible way of, um, you know, representing authority and using your authority to uh, control people. That's terrible. You want to logically explain, you know, this is why these rules are in place. If these rules are not in place, this can happen and, uh, and move forward from there. So rationally explain it to people rather than just say, basically shut up, you know, when you say well, these are the rules of the rules. And that's it's a terrible way of seeing things. So one other thing in the framework is don't try to beat competitors, rather just make them obsolete. So Uber was not trying to beat taxi cab drivers. They weren't starting another yellow cab company. They were just making them obsolete. They just innovated around it. You know, as Elon Musk says, we innovate out of problems. Another thing that goes along with that that's kind of interesting is, you know, you get paid in direct proportion to the difficulty of problems you can solve. Fascinating, fascinating quote by Elon Musk. So another thing is invoke a new demand and then use the purple cow approach. So clearly set apart that comes from a book, um, Seth Godin's book, The Purple Cow. And then you want to focus on the humanness factor. So identify pain points and um, seek to eliminate them. So understand the fears, insecurities, biases, and purpose people bring with them. Always keep this top of mind. So this is very important. 
And then one of the other things that actually really works well, if, if you're looking at um, the modern context, because all of this could work, you know, the, what I love about books and what I love about them, um, especially books like this that lay out a framework or a strategy is what you try to do is take that strategy and go, okay, would this have worked if somebody read this book in the 1900s or the 1800s? But I would say yes. And that's, you know, entrepreneurship was still a thing back then. Now it's a heck of a lot easier, although people are more scared than ever to go into business, which is odd to me. You know, the cage doors are open. Learned helplessness is something that we might acquire throughout our lives, but you have to innovate your way out. So that last factor of the framework is autom autonomization. So breaking down the overwhelming task and putting it into bite-sized pieces, focusing on one at a time. This is very, very important, and you see this in a lot of companies. You know, there's a great book called In Search of Excellence, which analyzes these top companies in the U.S., and one of the big things they would do is uh, chunking. So they would basically chunk tasks. So if it's a giant task, and you're like, oh, that's so overwhelming. Um, an example, you know, everybody here was at one point in school, um, you know, if, if you have a project and the project is to, uh, you know, um, create a speech, create like a half an hour speech or whatever, um, you know, that seems daunting at first. But, OK, then you break it up into introduction, um, context, body, closing statements and then conclusion. And then in all those, you kind of break up, OK, you know, I want to spend half the time here, half the time there. Um, you use a couple of simple tools that I, I like to use the three T method, which is really simple. It's literally one of those things I wish they taught us in school. But, you know, if you're doing a sales pitch or you're really trying to explain something to anyone and then um, have them buy it and is teach, tailor, take control. So in the beginning, you want to teach someone something and then you want to tailor it to their situation because it's not one size fits all and then take control. Call to action. So. Anyways, that's that's just kind of one way to use automation, you know, in a, a school example of giving a speech or, you know, giving a speech in general, you know, your work. And uh, now let's talk about the pioneer mitigator or migrator. Sorry, it's migrator uh, settler map. So this objective map of products and their values, this basically um, lays out these three different types of uh, products and whether they're valuable or not and kind of the revenue that comes from them. So pioneers are basically products with clearly innovative values. So, you know, for example, um, let's say Apple. At the time, their company, um, you know, or let's just say now, well, what are their pioneers? I would say AirPods. AirPods are pretty pioneer. Um, another thing would be their uh, Apple TV is fairly pioneer based. Um, most of the products obviously have a moat around them because they have kind of that, uh, that luxury vibe to them and, uh, it sets them apart from competitors. But, you know, uh, the pioneers, I would say are AirPods just cause you know, it's, it's, it was kind of like a cultural phenomenon. And then, um, the new technology they come out with, like if, for example, if they came out with Apple glasses, they're going to come out with something crazy here. I know it in, um, you know, 2021 and 2022, um, that'll really shake things up, uh, like an Apple desk or something like that. They're going to get into some crazy space. So 
understanding that the pioneers of the products have clear, innovative value. And then the migrators are the products that provide greater value than competitors, but do not have innovative value. So, for example, migrators from Apple would be phones, um, computers, tablets. They're not necessarily um, inherently interviewed, but they are innovative, but they provide greater value than the competitors products. And then you have settlers. These are products that are based on what competitors have to offer, imitating competition. And settlers, again, so it's, it's the idea there is, you know, like when back in the days of old, when America was fairly new to the, uh, you know, Europe and in that area, um, when Christopher Columbus came, not saying he was the first settler at all, it's kind of a commonly held myth. But um, when, when they started settling in, uh, you know, there was the pioneers, the people that actually paved the way, the people that took the biggest risks. And then there was the migrators, the people that slowly came over. And then there were the settlers. Once everything was proven, they came in. And this basically is important to realize because the more your business relies on settlers, the more vulnerable it will be in the future. Focus on creating a larger number of pioneer circles. So basically the map is drawn by, you know, take a square. Um, divide it vertically into three sections. First section on the left, pioneers, middle section, settlers, right section is uh, migrators. Now, you basically uh, draw vertical circles with um, each product in, in each space. And the bigger the circle, the greater the revenue from the corresponding product category. So it, it can be very, very helpful to kind of lay this out each year if you're running a business or in a business, I um, recommend they somebody reads this book in the business and um, really focuses on this uh, this strategy because it's very, very powerful. And then um, you have the strategy canvas, another kind of map that they lay out. This one's more of a graph. So <clears throat> this is an overview of current business strategy and the competitive factors within your industry. So first, identify five factors to plot. Second, Choose a competitor to compare to, ideally the top competitor in your industry. Third, on a scale of one to five, rate your offerings and then rate your competitors. And you have to be objective about this. You cannot go, oh, mine's better because it's mine. No, 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 that's a subjective point of view. You have to be objective and go, let's look at the facts, let's look at the numbers, um, you know, what, what are the actual things, and then plot them on a graph, um, you know, basic, uh, graph very very simple um, this is on page 25 to 28 and then this should be highlighted uh, this should really highlight the need for a blue ocean strip shift break down or break away from industry conventions so that's page 83 it talks about that and uh, it's an absolutely incredible book I really really enjoyed this um, highly recommend you pick up a copy of this and thank you very much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a view and subscribe and until next time